Quality sleep is essential for boosting energy, recovery, and well-being. So take your sleep to the next level with Sleep Number. With a Sleep Number smart bed, you can individualize your comfort level and enjoy a better sleep night after night. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now the Queen Sleep Number C4 smart bed is only $1,599, a saving of $300, only for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. The following is a presentation of the Four Center podcast feed. From the center of the galaxy, this is the Four Center Podcast feed. I'm Ken Napsok. I'm Joseph Scrimshaw. And I'm Jennifer Landa. And the gang's all together to talk Star Wars news, breaking news from a long time ago, but also over our coffee in the morning. It's fresh news. Fresh news. We got a lot of pictures to get to, some cool video game news, um, uh, uh, pictures in the wild of marketing, which is funny to talk about, but it's a great photo. We're going to get to all of that. It's the season of Kenobi. Before we do that, we are going to remind you that today's podcast is brought to you by Audible. Get a free audiobook download and a 30-day free trial at audibletrial.com slash center. Over 180,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. A little bit later, as always, well, Four Center recommends an audiobook we think you should try out on us, and perhaps one that we'll be looking at soon. Hey, there you go. All right, before we dive into the news, we'd like to catch up. 
I'm just, I'm just reading copy. I'm just reading copy. Uh, I just really, really like the "Hey, there you go, all right." It sounded like the, like a a movie sample clip before a beat drops. <laughs> that was me thirty years ago. No, uh, yes, it is. We always like to catch up. Star Wars Life Adventures, a uh, lot going on. I, I had uh, a lo- what ended up being a work, lo- a week long birthday celebration, which netted some cool Star Wars gifts. But uh, Joseph, let's start with you and your adventures. Uh, how are you, and where did Star Wars find you? Yeah, this was one of those uh, fun weeks where Star Wars found me uh, doing work for Four Center. I read the Padme uh, book that we're going to talk about, Queen's Hope, in one sitting, which was great fun. That's my preferred way to read the books at this point is to just be all in and be in that world. So that was a great Star Wars adventure. And then this week is uh, one of those times where I think I'm having another adventure and Star Wars is just so everywhere. (laughs) <laughs> that mm. Star Wars finds a way, like dinosaurs replicating, uh, Star Wars finds a way. Uh, <laughs> my wife and I, uh, this has been on our list of things to do for a long time. There is the Peterson Automotive Museum in Los Angeles. And in particular, there is a James Bond exhibit uh, called Bond in Motion. I'm a big James Bond fan, been wanting to go for that uh, forever. And uh, we spent a little bit of time in the General Museum and then a ton of time in this James Bond uh, exhibit. And honestly, mm. I thought like, I've seen some kind of exhibits uh, like this before. I was like, oh, a Bond exhibit. They'll have three cars. That'll be great. No, I mean, they had almost everything. Uh, They had a full airplane, (laughs) parahawk gliders. Uh, It was really, really great. But just going through a little bit of the the top floor of the museum, which is just sort of like the history of cars and weird prototypes and a few from movies. And my whole day there was just like, I was in uh, James Bond mode, which was fun, but everywhere, every time I turned around, there was like a little reminder of Star Wars. There was just like randomly a poster of American Graffiti up, which makes perfect sense. It's a car museum. Uh, But then I'm looking at all the Bond stuff and there was all the stuff from Moonraker and like, yep, that's the movie that happened because of Star Wars. Mm -hmm. James Bond's got to go to space. (laughs) Uh, I picked up, I've been looking for forever these these books that are the collected comic strips of James Bond. Mm from the late 50s and early 60s comic strips versions of the actual novels. And I'm reading the introduction, uh, and this person's talking about how what a breath of fresh air James Bond was. And then uh, at the bottom of the introduction, it, it says, this person did storyboards for Star Wars. <laughs> ah. and it was just this like, and then I, we watched uh, No Time to Die uh, uh, when we got home that night. And yeah, it's, you know, uh, the whole, yeah, all the special effects are uh, ILM. And <laughs> yeah. Yeah. it was just a great reminder of Star Wars is, always a part of my adventure no matter what mm-hmm. exactly you're gonna find it and it will, it will find you exactly exactly so that was my uh, adventure uh you you had your birthday ken huh I did, yeah. I did. I, I, uh, you know, good thing on Tuesday night last uh, week, um, a restaurant. It always gets mentioned on Four Center because it's uh, both a favorite of Joseph and I, and occasionally <laughs> we get to go down there together uh, to the Smokehouse. Uh, Jen, have you ever, you, have you ever been on the Smokehouse? I, I think in, in the time that you were away for a little bit, Joseph and I just it, that it became Smokehouse Center for a while, just talking I- about it. No, I've never. Where is it? Is it in, in uh, uh, downtown or no? Bar off a of bar in like like Burbank, oh. Toluca Lake area. Yeah. Um, okay. Around I've the corner from been. yeah, around the corner from Sinatra's old house and Bob Hope's old house, uh, wow. and, and where Carson used to go, go hang out. So there's a lot of history. So Grace took me there for my birthday dinner, and we were tucked in a nice romantic co- corner. You know that we asked for that. She 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 got them to give that uh, space to us. And I, I was complaining the whole time I had my, my glasses on, not my contacts, and I couldn't see far in the room. I was like, something, it's like the lighting, something's weird today. But I could see bright colors in a corner on someone, someone in like a bright colored sweater. I was like, I can see that. 
You see that. And then there was like five other birthdays. And I kept we kept laughing. Oh, the waiters are coming out singing birthday. And that guy in the in the bright sweater, it was like a birthday for him. And I was like, oh, that's that's interesting. They get up. It's Ron Howard and Clint Howard. What? What? <laughs> Clint Howard looked like the big Lebowski. Uh, hair, uh, beard. That was his multicolored, like knitted sweater. It was great. His birthday is the day after mine. But we were talked in the corner. And look, all three of us have been out in LA a while. We've been in entertainment. We know celebrities. Sometimes our friends are celebrities. Hell, sometimes we go to conventions and are treated like uh, D level celebrities. Celebrity doesn't uh, you do too much for me, right? I got so excited. Grace could see my eyes before she could see that. And I was trying to get out of the table because I wanted to go run up to him and say how much I love Solo. But I just couldn't do it. Just couldn't get there in time. And they went on with their lives. Um, wow. So that was a first part of my birthday. So I don't know. I don't, I don't, I don't know. Would you have helped me, Joseph? Would you, would you have charged the Howards? I might have uh, veered toward the Howards. I might have gotten up and charged. Yes. Yeah. Uh, be- I think because for me, the whole celebrity thing is also about like, what is the vibe of the celebrities, right? And mm-hmm. uh, Ron Howard's vibe certainly is that he wouldn't mind somebody walking past him and going, sir, I really love Solo. And like, that's yeah. it, you know? Mm, yeah. uh, right. You know, I would never ask for like, you know, hey, I see you, you're, <laughs> you're still finishing your, yeah, your yeah. steak Sinatra pasta, but I would like a photo. <laughs> like, I'd never do that. Yeah, uh, yeah. But I, I love this story, Ken, because it's just, it's, it's, it's so you, it's so great. Mm-hmm. It's such a birthday treat, but it's also like, this is the kind of celebrity sighting that I like to have in Los Angeles because it's that, that, mm-hmm. the intermeshing of like the, the famous and the down to earth of like, if yeah. the, the Howards had never been involved in film, uh, that might have still just been their neighborhood restaurant, you know, yeah. and I love it yeah. when those things right. come together of like, that's the, that's the person who's done many things, but to us directed yeah. solo, but it's also just a family having a meal. Yeah. 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 And of course, and then immediately I was like, it's Bryce here. It's Bryce here. Exactly. But she, she was out shooting somewhere and I wanted to yell, we talk about you almost every week on force and we love the Howard family. Uh, so that was- I think, uh, I think shouting, we talk about your daughter all the time probably <laughs> would not have been. Not, not, not a word. Out of words, no good, no good. Uh, so from there, I had a little gathering. Uh, invited some people over for a fire pit as well, and I got some some cool gifts uh, that I wanted to mention. One is a a longtime friend of mine who's also a force in our listener, uh, Chris uh, Chris Librarian. Uh, uh, he uh, we used to do stand up back in the day. Big Star Wars Star Wars nerd like like me here, and he got me. It's from a company called Red Barn Collections, and they re they take like old books and they convert them into like journals. Mm. And the book uh, that this one is is the storybook of Return of the Jedi, <gasps> the one that we probably all had or have. And you look at the pictures, you're like, oh yeah, that's the that's the picture, like Luke facing <laughs> off with the the Nikto uh, guard or uh, the store the the biker scout just flying off uh, as an explosion's uh, happening underneath his uh, speeder bike there. All those, uh, I'm looking, Boba Fett with the uh, his blaster cut in two and the sparks, and it's all the still photography we've grown up with. It's the same book, uh, but they have, uh, you know, space for journaling in it if you'd like to. You can, uh, right. So anyways, it was just so fun to get that blast from the past, but also in, in, a, in a new way, like Joseph, we always talk about Star Wars being old and new, all combined into one. Uh, I have this old book in a new way, and I just absolutely love it. So that is really cool. I absolutely love that, and it's a journal just to like for your your feelings and your daily yeah. adventures. 
Yeah, mm. like today I saw Ron Howard. I could just write that in. <laughs> write that in there. <laughs> and then the final, the final one. I don't mean to turn this into all uh, post birthday celebration. Uh, Joe Star. A lot of you listeners might might know Joe Star from his Screen Junkies days. Uh, now yes. working with D and D Beyond. Uh, he got me a great gift, and he had he had just a bleep eaten grin on his face the entire time he walked up with the bag and the gift. And he's like, open it, open it, open it. And it's uh, it's like uh, um, uh, Hawaiian shirt style, but it's uh, Ewoks, the Ewoks cartoon. Oh, and my it's the official God. one of the official licensed uh, shirts for Lucasfilm and everything. And it's just, it's both the worst piece of Star Wars memorabilia I've ever owned <laughs> and the best all at once, all at once. Awesome. So, are the colors like Ewok colors, like brown and green, or is it like uh, bright uh, Hawaiian shirt colors? No, it's it's like a it's like a, almost like a tan shirt. Uh, it's not like it's not quite Hawaiian. It's almost like a bowler shirt, but it's it, it has the Hawaiian shirts vibes. So maybe I'm not even describing that correctly, but it's just got a a, a tan or, or light beige background. But like it's just got all the pictures from the cartoon series. <laughs> oh, I love that. You know, and while not exactly the style of shirt I wear everywhere, I told Joe I will probably wear this to Star Wars Celebration. Maybe uh, over, uh, yeah, maybe under a blazer, just dress yeah, up. Yeah, no, I mean, oh, you're yeah. not getting two steps on the show floor without being stopped when you're wearing that one. <laughs> Ron Howard might even stop me. Um, <laughs> so, anyways, uh, thank you to all who uh, sent night uh, well wishes. Uh, listen, Force Center listener uh, Steve Campbell actually sent me a nice Han Solo card as, as well. Got that at my mailbox. So, appreciate it all. Uh, you know, birthdays are, are, are silly and poignant all the same time. It's all like Star Wars, Joseph and Jennifer. It's all like Star Wars. So <laughs> that's my life. Uh, that's what going on with me. Jen, uh, you know, you're, you're sounding good. You're feeling good. I know you've been battling something for a little bit. We, we're happy to have you here and you, you sound healthy. What's going on? Oh boy, boy, you both had such great weekends. Ron Howard. I, I can't get over that. I mean, that's just, that's like a movie, that's a movie star sighting, you know, that's, <laughs> yeah. oh, and, and he looked like, you're like, that's Ron Howard. He's got the hat and jeans. That's Ron Howard. That's Ron Howard <laughs> right there. And, oh my gosh. Um, what did I do? Well, I went to the Festival of Books at USC. It nice. was a free event. Yeah. And I, I was like, oh, we're going to be out amongst the people. This is so exciting. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was a beautiful day. And the, right when we walked in, I saw a big banner that said Lucas Museum. And I <laughs> I left oh, my yeah. family in the dust. I ran <laughs> over there. <laughs> I said, I'm going to go over there. So immediately, I, you know, I start asking the woman questions. When are you opening? She said, Construction should be done at the end of 2023 and they'll Mm. open shortly after. And she was describing the space and she's basically, it's going to be a hub for the community, for events. Um, There's going to be a beautiful outdoor space um, for kids to run around, to relax, hang out. I think she's mentioned like a beautiful garden. Um, And I'm like, what's the Star Wars section looking like? She's like, well, actually there'll be kind of a smaller section. (laughs) And I thought, oh, all right. Yeah, of course. So I got it. Um, But there's just going to be so much different types of artwork, which sounds really, really neat. Um, Mm. And it's just, it looks so futuristic, that building. It looks very Um, sci-fi. And I think it's going to be free, right? I can't remember that part, but um the fact that it is going to be a, uh, have a lot of events for the community is really special um, because we love the California Science Center, which is right next door, and of course the Natural um, History Museum as well. So that was exciting. Yeah, um, that's great. Yeah, right. I, it's just, I feel like it's been oh, they've, we've been talking about it for years, um, yeah. and obviously the pandemic slowed construction down a bit, but they're still moving. And that's um, great. 
What else? Oh, I finally finished Rebel. Yeah. And I finished Bad Batch too. I did it all. Wow. Uh, really? Wow. Wow. Yeah. I, wow. You watched all of Bad Batch? I did. I did. That was oh. like, that. I devoured that like candy. That was, it was, you know, moved mm-hmm. really fast. I love Omega. You were right, right Joseph. <laughs> Boy, what she, what the actress did, Michelle, is it Michelle Ang? Is that yeah, correct? Yeah. She is phenomenal because those types of characters are really tricky to play. You know, like the young Mm -hmm. kid character, which can sometimes seem annoying. Never, never. She played that part so earnestly with so much heart. It adds so much to the story of family with the clones. Oh my gosh, that was Mm -hmm. fantastic. And Rebels, I actually teared up. I was like, that was beautiful. (laughs) (laughs) So that was, yeah, that was good. Those mm-hmm. are pretty huge Star Wars adventures. I'm so happy that you got this chance to to watch Rebels in the right way for you at the right time. And then, oh man, I'm so glad that you're all caught up on Bad Batch. There's so much great stuff like that. That Cad Bane, uh, Fennec Shan interaction, I think makes Cad Bane's appearance in Mandalorian even richer. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes. I no, I did see uh, going back to the cameos talk that we had last week. I, I do. There was a point where I'm like, okay, <laughs> this this is a lot of cameos. Um, I actually felt like it was. Initially, I thought it was good, but by the middle part, I'm like, okay, I get it. By the end, they didn't need it anymore, in my opinion. So, Mm -hmm. um, yeah, but that was interesting. Oh, that's what people were talking about. (laughs) That Mm -hmm. was the conversation. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but I I mean, I still liked it. It was it was a great show. Very cinematic too, and very 1980s, right? Like there's kind of like 1980s vibe, um, action action hero vibe. Anyways, that was my weekend. So. That's a great weekend. Do you, do you have a favorite member of the Bad Batch uh, other than Omega, who is a member of the Bad Batch? But uh, yes. do you have uh, uh, any of that crew? Initially, I loved Tech because I felt like I kind yeah. of most identified. But Hunter, I mean, okay. yeah. Hunter, he's the 80s movie star, right? So right. I, uh, he's he's great. And I love his relationship with Omega. So yeah. I was going to say, yeah. maybe that that's what, what speaks to you is like, they're, they're all in this sort of familial role, but like Wrecker's like the fun uncle and Tech is the <laughs> weird uncle. And, right, and right. Echo is the uncle who doesn't get quite enough screen time, but <laughs> Hunter's like the dad, right? The Hunter dad. is the parent. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 And yeah. seeing how much he cares about Crosshair and, you know, all that. Mm-hmm. So oh, it's just so good. Awesome. Oh, man. Even the animation, like, it's amazing to go back to the Clone Wars at the beginning and see the difference in how much the animation mm-hmm. has evolved and gotten even better. It's just, it's oh, really yeah. neat. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, well, we'll talk about Bad Batch more with you, Jennifer. I'm, I'm, I'm uh, like, physically restraining myself from all of the questions that I want to ask you. <laughs> <laughs> Feels good. I feel good. I feel caught yeah. up. Oh, That's so great. Nice. That's great. And yeah, and, and Joseph's a, he's a tech fan. I'm a wrecker fan. You're a hunter fan. We 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 are we are <laughs> running the gamut here. Love We're ready to cosplay. Yes. <laughs> yes <laughs> oh my are. gosh. Uh, yes. Well, from uh, Ewok t-shirts, catch up a bad batch, and James Bond and his cars. We're going to go to Star Wars news. A lot of news, actually. A little bit of an explosion of news, and actually, that's something we'll address up top. We we kind of think this. Uh, this is the only only the beginning of a week of Kenobi or a month of Kenobi's we lead up to the show and Star Wars celebration. So as we are ready to record, we got those new photos from Total Film that were dropped, part of a larger article coming out on April 28th. So we are going to talk about that here. There's also the story of 
Uh, Andor, how many seasons is Andor going to be? Or was it supposed to be? There's that out there. May 4th, we'll bring a Disney gallery on the Book of Boba Fett. We'll cover that, so we'll talk about it more there. And, uh, you know, we know that some of the blips, there's some great stuff from Deborah Chow, great stuff of, of uh, Ewan McGregor being afraid of Darth Vader. We're going to talk about that maybe after the article comes out. But uh, we do want to look at the three photos before we get into a lot of our main stories that we had planned today. Three Great photos, I will say. Uh, we, of course, got Obi-Wan just kind of milling about on the planet Dayu, uh, just kind of uh, maybe looking for a meal or, uh, you know, where 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 do you pick up the, the Uber? I don't know. He's, he's just <laughs> looking around. Uh, then we got the Grand Inquisitor, Rupert Friend. And, yes, we, we'll talk a little bit more of the, the Grand Inquisitor's head, which is the biggest <laughs> conversation talking point in all of Star Wars. And then we don't want to bury the lead here. Obi-Wan Kenobi. Walking around Tatooine, and what is this shade of blue he's wearing? That's right, a different kind of outfit. Joseph, Jennifer, uh, you had a chance to see the pictures. Uh, Jennifer, uh, let's dive in first with you. Your thoughts uh, in general, and what jumped out to you here? Blue? I <laughs> immediately thought Padme. I, I went. Mm, I mean, I even oh, did a side by side because <laughs> I was like, "Am I imagining things?" No, it's like the same shade of blue, similar fabric. Uh, yeah. And I, okay. I thought that that was a very interesting, maybe nod. Who knows? Or maybe it's mm. just, a, you know, business casual. I don't know. But <laughs> it, it, he looks great. It yeah. brings out his uh, his eyes and his coloring on his face. Very nice. Yeah. Um, yeah. It, this is just, and I mean, I could go on and on about the Inquisitor head. I feel vindicated because <laughs> I know there was a lot of criticism. I'm like, this looks good. Yeah. Th- this looks yeah. right for the head, for the shape of the actor's head. I love it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, 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 perhaps there's a lesson for society to not uh, go in on two seconds of footage in a trailer um, and just kind of wait. But, you know, again, not, not that it looks uh, exactly like the show and you could still have a discussion, but it looks at, and I guess this is the start of conspiracy theories of maybe they fixed it. Uh, maybe they Sonic the Hedgehog did. I don't know. Oh, Who cares? They gave him different point? teeth. Yeah, yeah. Just like yeah. Sonic the Hedgehog. Oh, yeah. that's right. Quite frankly, who cares? I think it looks good right now, right? Uh, right, Jen? I, I, I'm glad you have yeah. a vindication. Yeah, it looks it looks great. His whole his whole face looks really great. The sharpness mm. on his cheekbones. Oh, just uh, I can't wait to see it in action. You know, because mm. I I am one that will analyze it based off of two seconds. I'm guilty well, as charged. Well, but, I but like no. to judge a moving head myself. Yeah, no. I, let, let me clarify there. Like, of course, because that's what we do. We freeze right, frame right. and go. Here's what the themes are. I mean, yeah, absolutely. But it's like, and then and then the war starts. <laughs> it's right. just like. Maybe we wait till we see three seconds. <laughs> you know, right, exactly. And, and, so, and, and, and so many, uh, uh, you know, agendas are built on two seconds. No, diving in is part of the fun, including these photos. Uh, Joseph, I, 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 I always think of you with Kenobi news, but particularly, <laughs> particularly right now. I, come on, you're living in your golden age here, right? Yeah, this is pretty amazing. I will try to keep my thoughts uh, compact. I I love the angle on the Inquisitor. That's great. I also love seeing either a little bit of a force chokey hand or a villain monologuing hand going there. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I didn't notice it at first. He's got the great Inquisitor blade with the uh, the spinny, uh, but yeah. that, that handout is great. That's a great photo. I love the one of Kenobi on Dio. I, I love the way you summarized it, Ken. It really is. That that looks like a lost soul, right? Of like trying yeah. Yeah. trying to blend in, but looking for something. It looks like mm-hmm. I look, you know, when I'm at a large mall and I forgot where I parked. <laughs> totally. <laughs> but with more emotion and seeing even more of, of the planet and the way they described mm-hmm. it in that. 
what a great place to kind of try to disappear. It very much uh, evokes lots of things we know of Star Wars with uh, mm. Coruscant, but a, a different vibe of Urban District looks great. Yeah. Uh, but of course, the the big news of the day is Kenobi in blue. Come on. Yeah. Um, this is uh, one of those images that I see, and I know many other people reacted this way uh, on social media as well, but like, where is the action figure? <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Give it right. to me now. Um, yeah. I think I, it's really great to see him in the different kind of gear that looks very much like early days on Tatooine. There's something mm-hmm. I've been thinking about that other trailer shot where he's kind of on that whatever that uh, sad Tatooine uh, metro transportation is with a bunch of other yeah. people. If right. like is, is, at this point, is, does Kenobi have a day job? Is like is he going out? <laughs> he's going to work. Yes. Is he is he getting picked up the, to go to like you know who who knows work in the moisture uh, packaging mm-hmm. the water packaging plant in Tatooine or whatever so is this his kind of like day to day I'm I'm just pretending to be somebody with the day job uh but it, it, it's so Star Wars I hadn't thought of the Padme thing at all but like even like the energy and the angle of the shawl Mm-hmm. has some Padme vibes to it and the the blue is great because it evokes uh, uh heroes of the light uh, mm. You know, the lightsaber is not ignited, but the spirit of the lightsaber is right there on him. Um, and then the, I think the big thing for me, I just uh, blue has always been my favorite color. Uh, I have many. Uh, I don't wear as much uh, blue anymore because I wear mostly black, but uh, I wear many shirts that exact color. And in particular, I have this very weird relationship of it is uh, when I worked at Kinko's in the late 90s, early 2000s, when the prequels were coming out, that was the exact color of my Kinko shirts. <laughs> Feels like I am watching Obi-Wan Kenobi come to work with me at Kinko's full circle uh, from when I, w- I was wearing that shirt when I first fell in love with Ewan McGregor, Obi-Wan Kenobi. Oh, that's perfect. No, well said and all of it. A great, great breakdown. And yeah, I love it. I love just in terms of variety and, and uh, him and his, this point in his life going to look a little different. And what does that mean about the robes later? I'm sure we're, we're going to see the classic Kenobi robes at some point, but I like this is just functional. That belt makes me look like he's about to return the ring to Mordor. I mean, it's very yeah. different <laughs> style. Love it. Uh, then the great hair debate, not debate. Uh, I was talking with uh, uh, Alda Diaz this morning via text because uh, he put a tweet out about the mullet. And I've always secretly debated that the 2002 Kenobi was an actual mullet as someone used to have a mullet. It is because society accepts it as so. But to have that classic hair, uh, I think is making a lot of people happy. Uh, you know, no no <laughs> desert buzz cuts, nothing. Just some Kenobi attack the clones hair. That's That's got to make you happy too, huh, Joseph? Oh, yeah. No, I mean, this is so far the 20th anniversary of Attack of the Clones is shaping up great. And I love that even Kenobi's hair is celebrating the anniversary. Yeah, yeah. And because I just think his sides are wetted down. They're not short. That's why I don't think it's a mullet here. That's why. That's why. I had a mullet. I had a mullet, kids. This is not. He didn't ask short on the sides. He just wetted it down. Anyways, that'll be. That's debating a still photo. Worse than two seconds of footage. Yeah. Um, <laughs> No. Uh, So this is exciting. I mean, this is exciting. We keep talking about it. Uh, We're very excited for the Book of Boba Fett. But, you know, we're kind of like, ah, we don't know what to expect from the show. This one, the expectations are through the roof. That's going to be the challenge for all of us uh, to manage uh, our expectations. But at at this point, this is what I love about this stuff. We don't need to manage anything. We can celebrate what we're seeing. And there's so much stuff more to come, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Nothing's going to ruin that blue shirt. (laughs) Nothing. (laughs) Nothing is. Nothing is. 
Uh, well, we we are uh, not done, uh, not done with talking Kenobi. Let's get into some of the main stories that we were looking at today. And this is where this is where the pattern starts to emerge, where you get like an interview, some information, maybe some pictures. Next thing you know, there's a trailer in your lap. I'm not predicting when a trailer's coming. I'm just getting excited that this uh, this is only the beginning of. Kenobi Press this week and in this next month. Uh, Vanity Fair ran an article. This would be last Friday, the time of this recording, uh, uh, where Natalie Holt, who composed the score for the Loki series and the upcoming Batgirl film, among other things, confirmed that she is the composer for the upcoming Obi-Wan Kenobi series, which makes her the first woman to score a live-action Star Wars project. Uh, this, I, I think her name might have been floating around. There's something about, you know, I, I even was looking up. It's like, why did I feel I already knew this? But then it's the way the rumor mill works. But it's confirmed. Great interview. Good stuff. General thoughts here in this confirmation and groundbreaking news. Jennifer. Oh, it's it's really exciting. And I, I got excited reading how excited she was to work on this mm-hmm. project, is to work on this project. And she sounds really inspired, you know, like yeah. she has a ton, she had a ton of ideas. Um, she felt like she was, she was ready to go basically. Mm-hmm. Um, and it seems like she kind of folded into that legacy Lucasfilm sound <laughs> mold uh, yeah. quite well. It also reminded me of Kathleen Kennedy. I think it was a few years ago where people were like, what is going on? Where's the diversity behind the scenes? And I think she was like, it's coming. It's coming. And these things take a long time. And I'm, you know, like we Mm. talked about before, it's like a slow moving, you know, truck or machine. (laughs) And now it's finally coming to fruition. And I'm like, all right, this is, this is exciting. We're getting new people and it just is opening this world up to new Mm -hmm. creators. And that's really great. Love that. Love to hear that. Yeah, no, I'm excited. Everything. Yeah, you're right. The excitement she had, uh, it, it, it's real. It's sincere. It jumps off the page uh, or off the digital page on my screen. It just <laughs> feels really good. Uh, and I am uh, not super familiar with the Loki series other than uh, I know there's an alligator in it. Uh, Joseph, I know you took it in. Uh, thoughts on that, the music, the connection, anything, and, and just this uh, awesome news. Yeah, I'm thrilled by this news. Like, uh, like many humans, I love music, but I'm not an expert. <laughs> and sometimes I'll be like, I couldn't tell you who did the the music for mm-hmm. Falcon and Winter Soldier. Like, um, yeah. because it, it's something I love, but I'm not an expert on, and I don't always follow it super closely. Like, mm-hmm. the music in Loki literally made me like halfway through the first episode go like, I'm pausing the credits and I'm memorizing the name of who wrote this. Because mm-hmm. of the music, it was a truly like different experience uh, for me. Because the the Loki music is um, it, it's just different. It, it it fits into the MCU, but it is uh, sad and fun and weird and otherworldly. It's just kind of this really big swing that works perfectly for that show mm-hmm. and supports the themes of that show and is one of those things that you know when we're watching lots of different kinds of entertainment i almost feel like we need a little bit more help to be like shut the entire world out and come into this weird world that is different mm-hmm. that's the point of why we watch things but there's it, the world's so noisy it's so hard to disappear into a world and yeah. her music so successfully made me feel like i am in this whole different reality that is loki's world mm-hmm. um so huge fan uh, of her as a is a composer uh, because of Loki, and then yeah, really uh, agreeing with Jen about the the slow turn, <laughs> mm-hmm. the slow progress, but really feeling uh, for me the the uh, rewards of that. Um, it wasn't that long ago that we had discussions about 
everybody is everybody likes not everybody many people like Obi Wan uh, many people love Ewan McGregor but there was also like ugh, another mm-hmm. legacy character that's a white man and yep that's the truth but I'm so thrilled to see uh, Deborah Chow Natalie Holt uh, Moses Ingram having a, what is clearly going to be a, a more full character and uh, all of these uh, creators behind the scenes and Moses Ingram uh, uh, you know um, in the show mm-hmm. being centered and featured. And that's a kind of a, a great progress to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, progress. You're right, Jen. It could be as uh, slow as a, as, a, as an iceberg, just kind of bopping along, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> We're trying to push push it forward. Uh, more glacier than an iceberg, too. I guess you, you, you could say that. Um, but yeah, yeah. One, it, it's it's here. And it's here, it's here to be celebrated, and it's here to be noticed. And, and you absolutely notice that this is this is barrier breaking, and this is uh, this is. Uh, important, uh, important to the to the uh, young folks out there who are five, six, and now get to see a wide uh, variety of, of talent involved with these things. That means a lot. That means a lot. Mm-hmm. You Agreed. Know? Uh, so Holt uh, also confirmed uh, that we something we already knew, but uh, just confirmed as well that John Williams wrote a theme for Kenobi. Asked Kathleen Kennedy if he could uh, write a theme for Benny, as the quote that's going around there. Uh, and she describes it as reflective and wistful with an element of hope. I was going to pause here. So let's pause here and talk about that. But I was I was uh, making my notes yesterday. I was like, oh, we should talk about what that means. I'm like, well, that's just that's kind of Star Wars, isn't it? <laughs> and it's kind of Kenobi and kind of what we want with the series. And that's kind of comforting to me, Joseph, that uh, turns out John Williams might know how to put a theme together. Oh, yeah. No, I, I can I read the actual quote from the article? Because mm-hmm. it's so great. Uh, it, because it, it sounds to me like John Williams just like busting into Lucasfilm like Kool-Aid man going, you got an Obi-Wan? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, here, here's the quote from Natalie Holt. Uh, it's the only legacy character that he hadn't done. So he spoke to Kathleen Kennedy and said, I just want to write Benny a theme. <laughs> so who can deny him that? <laughs> and he did. He wrote the Obi theme and it just embodies the spirit of the show entirely. Yeah. I just I, I love that story of John Williams. Which, he's in his 90s, right? Um, oh and he's just like, yeah, no, look, I, I feel so attached to these characters. Like, oh, I'm not going to let one one of the originals slip away from me without <laughs> doing a theme yeah. for him. Uh, and then to your, your direct question, Ken. Yeah, I mean, I think wistful, but with hope. Like, yeah, that is the heart of a ton of Star Wars. That's a heart of mm. probably the most famous Star Wars queue of the binary sunsets, right? Of, yeah. Um, wistful but hope but i feel like that is so laser focused what kenobi is about and i think what's going to make it really powerful of when everything is the absolute worst for this human being yeah the the absolute triumph of still finding hope within that and reconnecting to it if it's been lost and knowing that john williams is going to make us feel that music is just glorious I mean, I, I've been watching that teaser trailer as like motivation to get up every day. <laughs> right. <laughs> Just like, uh, uh, all right, I'm going to look up and be hopeful. Yeah. So, <laughs> Jed, your thoughts on uh, old Johnny Williams writing one for Benny? I just love that. I love the the passion and enthusiasm that everyone still has about Star Wars. And, yeah. you know, I mean, I can't remember if it was in the article, but like, it seems like he, he has some ideas. He's had some ideas for many, many years about what he would write. Yes. Right. And so that to me also is, is exciting. And it also feels complete, you know? Yeah. So I, yeah. I love that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I hope John's not too much of a backseat driver. I, you know, he, he has a right to be, but yeah. <laughs> I can just see him go, no, no, this is, I can't, can I just, I'll just write one for Benny here. I'll just write one for Benny here. Um, no, I'm so excited. I'm so excited. I'm, and I'm glad, and this article touches on it, we haven't heard that theme or her music yet 
either because Duel of the Fates dominated, as it should have, that teaser trailer to such great effect. So I'm just excited that we haven't even heard the music yet, and I can't wait to hear that. Yeah. Uh, you know, that mm-hmm. big feel. Uh, speaking of that music, uh, Natalie said she uh, brought her own voice, literally singing in it, style and violin uh, to her work. Uh, worked with a lot of great people on this, uh, of, of course. But she said that the Kenobi music has more roots in Star Wars tradition than the Mandalorian score. And thoughts on that? Because I think we all would agree we love the stuff that's been going on with Mandalorian, even Book of Boba Fett. Fett! <laughs> um, but there's something, I don't know, I'll just start out here and just saying I really... I just really like that. Uh, I like both. We can have completely new that has touches of Star Wars that worked really well. And then we can have something totally new that's based in things that are going to seem a little more familiar. Again, haven't heard the music, so who knows what exactly it's going to be. But I just, I don't know. I took a lot, of, uh, a lot of comfort from this, Joseph, of, you know, I feel like I'm home. I feel like I'm home just hearing her talk about it. Uh, absolutely. And, and I think it makes a ton of sense what she says in this uh, article that this is a different project from The Mandalorian. And I love yeah. The Mandalorian music. And I think, in fact, it, when it Mandalorian started, it was important that it was different, right? Because that's the way The Mandalorian was really uh, described to people, that it's this different story. And it particularly the way that music starts is spare and lonely right and Mm -hmm. we're we're meeting this lone bounty hunter who's off in the remote parts of the galaxy and the music speaks to that and it's and it grows over the seasons and be and becomes a little bigger and and a little bit more emotionally involved as the character does but this is the skywalker saga and we are catching up with kenobi who's kind of in the opposite place of mandalorian Uh, you know when we meet mando it makes sense for him to kind of have this lonely haunting sparse theme because he doesn't know star wars yeah yeah <laughs> he doesn't know much outside of his his cult uh his uh, mandalorian tradition his very specific mandalorian tradition and here instead is kenobi who like knows everything about star wars and trying to sit on it and hide it so i want yeah. the music to be like you know what when he's sitting alone in the cave the entire score for all nine Skywalker saga films is playing in his soul, right? Yeah. <laughs> and he's trying not yeah. to let everybody hear it. it so it, for mm-hmm. me, that makes, makes really sense, a ton of sense mm-hmm. to be rooted in that tradition from the Skywalker saga movies. Absolutely. No, I'm sitting here. Kenobi sitting on Star Wars. Just, just Star Wars <laughs> right, waiting to burst out of a box that he's sitting on. <laughs> Nothing to see here. I love this. Jed, your thoughts on uh, this, uh, this uh, style going in, this potential style, I should say. Yeah, I think that it definitely, the quote might give some fans some comfort because I know that there mm-hmm. was, you know, a little bit of, I'm uh, not so sure about the Mandalorian score, or the Book of Boba Fett. Um, I really loved both. But I think, mm-hmm. I mean, it's just smart. It's It has to fit in. I mean, they've been talking about how, and Ewan has talked about bridging this, making this so it, it fits and it's consistent with the Obi-Wan that we see in A New Hope. How do we bridge that gap? How do we also bridge the gap from Revenge of the Sith to this show? So mm-hmm. it ha- it can't go too far off the rails. It has to it has to fit within this timeline and by doing that with the music. But of course, there can be little touches and I'm sure mm-hmm. we'll get some uh, other... Oh, she even mentioned there are like some Latin influences on one of the mm-hmm, planets mm-hmm. and immediately I went, what? what? Okay. Yeah. So that's exciting. We'll have moments like that maybe when he's journeying off-world. Um beyond Tatooine we'll hear some other influences but yeah so it makes sense Mm -hmm. I mean she she knows what she's doing she's like okay and she got to record with some of uh John the uh, John Williams's Mm -hmm. uh musicians right right Mm -hmm. so that's yeah that's all consistent 
Yeah, yeah. no, I, yeah. So yeah, Joseph, go ahead, sir. Oh, I was just gonna say, I love that she that she specified like, yeah, there's absolutely some new stuff. Like when you're you're mm-hmm. you know scoring a new planet, it has to have a specific mood and influence, and you're introducing something new. So I also feel mm-hmm. like yeah, uh, it's not going to be like, yep, I have simply written rearrangements of the Imperial March. <laughs> right? There's going to be a lot new in this as well. Right. Yeah, no, and then she talked about that the, the hunting horn, uh, yeah, inquisitors. Yeah. yeah, a lot of new stuff, and that, that's what I love about it too. It's like you hear this, oh, it's rooted in the traditions. Uh, you know, that could be a note. You know, really, and yeah, you're right. You look at solo. I think John Powell did a great job of taking uh, familiar uh, styles and and uh, those traditional roots and and doing his own thing. I, I think uh, Rogue One uh, similar vibes there as well. That that one grew on me over time, and and it just and that's what happens with these things. Uh, so uh, yeah, not to dwell too much on it. I'm just excited to see because I. I bet it's going to be like, whoa, that's completely different. But, oh, this is Star Wars, which is not different than for Mandalorian or Boba Fett. But I, I think it's weird. And the final thing, too, I, I talk a lot. I love Mandalorian, Boba Fett overall, the style and the show and how it was presented. It's so Favreau. It's so Slice of Life. We talk about that a lot here. But I kind of want a different vibe for Kenobi anyways as as a show. And and, and that includes the music. So this uh, this excites me even more. I can't, I can't believe I'm more excited for the show. But here I am. <laughs> here I am. Any other thoughts on this? Anything I left on the table you want to uh, bring up here from this wonderful article in news? Jennifer. Um, he did. She did say that Ewan is delivering the performance of his career. I mm. thought, ooh, that is, yeah, okay. Hey, maybe, maybe he'll be nominated for an Oscar. Uh, <laughs> yeah. if, he, if he's not, I'm sure it's going to be fantastic. And that got me even more excited for the show. Awesome. Oh, can't wait to see. Yeah. yeah, award season. Yeah, that that would be mm. great. Um, I think the other thing for me, Ken, you mentioned it briefly, but uh, when Natalie Holt was asked about if she is, you know, actually playing, she says, "I'm mm. singing and I'm playing viola and I'm playing some violin in there too." The singing really jumped out at me, right, with mm-hmm. the um, the history of choral voices. Mm-hmm. Yes. In Star Wars, starting in, you know, Return of the Jedi with the the battle between Luke and Vader. And then, of mm-hmm. course, you know, that that song we all talk about a little bit, Duel of the Fates. Mm-hmm. Just her saying I'm singing makes me feel like is that is there going to be, you know, this chapter of the story's version of Duel of the Fates for the battle? Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. I hope oh, so. Boy, Check yeah. yes on box for singing <laughs> in Star Wars. And then she also she made a in, in talking about the influences here. Uh, Jen, you brought it up, and it was, that was a great point. And she also like cited like you know the cantina music, right? Uh, a little calypso influence, and, and that made me think of well, we got to. I mean, are we going to see Figure and Dan playing? We already saw him in Buffett. Or the, oh. We can get some more cantina music of any kind here. Uh, maybe maybe she's singing to that one too. I don't know. Ooh, yeah. Oh, nightclub acts. <laughs> Give me nightclub acts. Yes. <laughs> Yeah, uh, so uh, we'll keep you updated on any more information that comes out on behind-the-scenes confirmations, but that was a pretty big one. We're excited to have Natalie Holt here in the Star Wars universe. This one, I, I mean, I don't know how to describe it. I, I don't even know if I normally report on this. It just got me so excited, and it went around, and I got, you know, we got to get, I want to get your takes on it here, too, so not just me in my room alone doing the Leo DiCaprio pointing at a screen here. Uh, this uh, Kenobi merchandising art revealed, I, I mean, who knows what to trust anymore these days, but it went around the internet like wildfire last week of uh, the Obi-Wan Kenobi promotional art, like an end cap in a store, appeared in the wild, made the rounds, 
Again, no confirmation, nothing official. I wouldn't expect Lucasfilm to be like, yes, we can confirm. That is artwork that's not supposed to be up yet. Um, <laughs> it it might have been a product, product of our collective imaginations for all I know. But, man, I I really enjoyed this. This art features the grim and determined face of Kenobi on the left. And what I'm calling Vader's reflectful, mournful, almost depressed gaze on the right. <laughs> like he's just kind of looking off like, oh, what did I do? Uh, but in the middle, they're the lightsaber fighting. I don't know if this is a shot from the show. I don't know if it's concept art. Again, I might be dreaming it. I just really got excited seeing that. And, you know, I normally I'd be like, ooh, I just, I don't want to spoil anything for myself. I just want to see it in the show. I just, I geeked out at it. It looked a little like Power of the Force 2 to me. A lot of Revenge <laughs> of the Sith things there as well. So, anyways, thoughts on the design, the legitimacy of this story, and potential first peek at this fight. Jennifer, what do you think here? You know, I did not know that this was not like official official and it was just uh, spotted in a store because when I saw the image, it was cropped. So it was just mm. the image and not on, like on the aisle or whatever. So I was like, oh, yeah. wow, this is incredible. And, you know, they're they're mirroring the Revenge of the Sith poster with Anakin and Obi-Wan dueling yeah, there. Yeah. And I and then there was I even saw some speculation like there's kind of a smoky ring around them fighting. And somebody's mm. like, is that the world between worlds? Like there was. <laughs> so much going on online that it wasn't until when you share the story I went oh that was just spotted in a store okay right. well that gives it a little bit more context it's you know it's packaging yeah. artwork so yeah uh yeah. it's a it's a little bit different regardless it's yeah. still yeah. I'm like they are not messing around Lucasfilm is putting mm. it front and center this Darth Vader is is crucial to this show, even though he may not, he only have like a few scenes, his shadow is going to loom large over this entire series. And that's what I'm yeah. getting from this artwork. Mm. Love that. Love that. Joseph, your thought on a, on a supervisor on the weekend accidentally putting the art up too early. <laughs> uh, an absolute emotional roller coaster. I want it to be real, but I do have to question the legitimacy. It is the yep. kind of thing that can be Photoshopped and it is, it is so accurate uh, to that airbrushed end of aisle or even above the toys. It, it absolutely looks like the exact kind of artwork you see above merchandise in Target, Walgreens, uh, Toys R Us, rest in peace. Uh, but it, it, it totally looks end cap aisle. So it's, it's uh, yeah. I want it to be real uh, so bad. Uh, and then for the actual image, I totally agree with you. The the There's just something about that angle of Vader in the profile we don't see. It's got a little bit more of the reddish lenses from the A New Hope yeah. era, which adds more emotion. And he totally looks like he's in Arrested Development. <laughs> he's like, <laughs> he's like, I've made a terrible mistake. Hoopah, hoopah. Like, totally depressed vibe. I love that. Obi-Wan looks intent. And then in the middle is cool. Yeah, that that it, a totally different kind of look of the uh, of a of a duel. Mm -hmm. reminiscent of some of the fighting styles that we see in revenge of the sith with the sort of raised blades waiting to see where the next where the uh, where your opponent is going to strike first um mm -hmm. i don't take any like big storytelling like where is this happening it looks totally promotional but it's yeah. it's great to have is that icy is it uh, smoky vader uh, appears to have a, a 1970s disco smoke machine with him everywhere he goes <laughs> <laughs> yeah. for intimidation purposes uh it just looks like that vibe but honestly beyond the image itself the biggest thing that's exciting to me and why I want this to be real is I want them to have merch 
ready to go. It was mm. such uh, Revenge of the Sith was really light, understandably, because uh, they went mm-hmm. hard on Force Awakens and Last Jedi. And then it kind of went light on Revenge of the Sith and kind of bundled it with Fallen Order and Mandalorian. And it was just kind of light. Mm. Um mm. Mandalorian, because of the various uh, uh, keeping the appearances secrets, ha- have been really slow to be like, yeah. I just watched this show and now I can go to Target and there's a whole end cap, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and since this is a big deal for Disney Plus, for them to hook more subscribers, different kinds of subscribers, uh, because it's Obi-Wan Invader, it's Ewan McGregor, it's, you know, <laughs> yeah. it's this image. Um, I'm so hoping that because there was less to hide, that they have the merchandising machine going up and this is the end cap for figures, mm. t-shirts, stickers, books, notebooks, uh, yeah. packages yeah. of oranges with this <laughs> yeah. this on yeah. it. It would just be really great to feel like we're back to summer blockbuster and this is the summer mm. of Kenobi, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, 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 again, caveat, but by the time we air this episode, some could be like, oh, I, I made this photo up and everything. Yeah. I, 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 it still got me excited. It's right. still almost like a fan trailer if that is the case. But also this does got these, like a Lego leak, all that kind of stuff. It does happen. And that's why we want to talk about it today. And again, anything right now that's fueling our excitement, I think is worth discussing. Uh, and it's funny, and you, you said Revenge of the Sith, Joseph. I know you meant Rise of Skywalker, which just means you're so excited to get back to the, the, the debut. Because I was like, no, they went pretty hard in on Revenge of the Sith figures. I, I remember that. Yes, um, thank you for, for correcting me. Uh, but yeah, <laughs> no. they went too light on Rise of Skywalker. Yeah. Yes. And, my, and, and, and Jen, Jen, I want to get your thoughts there too. Joseph kind of in, indirectly brought this up. It got me thinking about it of... Yeah, with Mando, yeah, we knew there wasn't you couldn't have Baby Yoda merch in the weeks leading up. That's going to ruin the big surprise. Boba Fett was kind of, you know, we didn't have a lot of trash and and colored uh, speeder bikes, multicolored bright <laughs> speeder bikes ready to go or anything like that. Um, but I I I wonder, Jen, we were all part of that era too of like, oh my god, you know, look at this character from Kenobi. It's a Shoptar Keep Air. It must be a key. Oh no, it's a shopkeeper. Okay, it's just a cameo character. Like I got it. It's Chancellor Valorum. Uh, do you do you want to go back to that all with something like Kenobi? Like a week before the show, we get a just a bunch of merch where we get some reveals. Ooh, ooh, that's that's a good question. You know, I'm I'm all for I'm all for merch appearing early mm-hmm. or timely. I mean, that was the thing with the Mandalorian with with Grogu, obviously for good reason. You know, they yeah, had to keep that under reason. wraps, but. It, we waited a long time. There is something special about being able to buy the things before it comes out, merchandise or or simultaneously. It, it kind of, it's silly, but it does feel like it's a part of the Star Wars experience. I mean, it just, I'm thinking of the Galactic Pals shorts that I saw and, you know, I watched them with my kids and they're like, where are the toys? I'm like, at Target, I will find them. You know, it's like there's something kind of just, and it, it, it was fun. It was fun to like look for the toys and the fact that they were sold out. It was like, yay, that's exciting that people people want this. And um, yeah. I don't know, there's just something, there is just something kind of magical about being able to go to the toy aisle or having there's these stands in Target with shirts mm. and backpacks and water yeah. bottles. I Love it, and I want it. I want it now. I'm like Veruca Salt. Um. <laughs> I want it. Now. Yeah, no, and I, I get times to change, and yeah, you know, we can make our constable constable Zuvio jokes and all that kind of stuff. Right. Uh, I just when you said that, Joseph, it just got. I was like, gosh, I would love to just have like a a, a Riva character, a Riva figure in my hands, not really fully knowing what she's going to do in the show. That, that that's mm. a, another era, another kind of excitement. Yeah, and I, I think that's just this image evokes it. We haven't had it since the last Jedi because even the solo yeah. merch was just sort of the the generic 
you know, mm-hmm. what they devised for Last Jedi with now yellow instead of red. We haven't had uh, for a long time. I love uh, the vintage line and I love Black Series, but they kind of have their own branding and then sort of Mandalorian mm-hmm. gets tucked into that and Rise of Skywalker got tucked into that. And this just brings me back to these are going to, what if there was a line of six Obi-Wan Kenobi action figures with Obi-Wan Kenobi images like this on the card, you know? Uh, yeah. He's so great. Mm. But for now, we have this maybe fake, but hopefully real picture that just, just got us talking, which is part of the fun of this season we're in. That's why we're here. Uh, we are going to take a break on the other side. Some big gaming news. We're going to get to some video game news. Before we do that, we're going to have a recommendation, an audiobook we think you should try out on us. And Joseph, Joseph, what do we have today? We have Queen's Hope by E.K. Johnston. We're going to be talking about it later this week. So if you want to get caught up, give it a listen. Download that or any other audiobook you want by going to audibletrial.com slash force center. Again, that's audibletrial.com slash force center for your free audiobook. All right, quick break. On the other side, more Star Wars news. A look back to Star Wars past here on Force Center. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a -a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great, too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com. Quality sleep is essential for boosting energy, recovery, and well being. So, take your sleep to the next level with Sleep Number. With a Sleep Number smart bed, you can individualize your comfort level and enjoy a better sleep night after night. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now the Queen Sleep Number C4 smart bed is only $1,599, a saving of $300, only for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Welcome back to Force Center, the big show, the main show, the superstar destroyer of our fleet, you know. 
Drill. We are uh, having a lot of fun talking about Kenobi, but let's break away. Let's force ourselves. Let's uh, not have attachment to Kenobi news right now. Let's move <laughs> on uh, as, as best we can to some exciting news. I know a lot of people are excited about this, and I am too, because I'm just curious more than any other thing. New Star Wars game from Amy Hennig and Skydance Media is on the way. Accomplished and very influential video game director and writer Amy Hennig is finally coming to Star Wars Galaxy. Now, we had said that before, back in like 2014 to 2017, we've been talking about she's finally coming to Star Wars. Uh, as she and Skydance New Media, the division she heads up within Skydance Media, will be developing a new narrative-driven action-adventure game with Lucasfilm Games. Now, this, as I mentioned, comes years after the Star Wars game she was developing with EA was put on mothballs by EA when they shut down Visceral Games in 2017, and many angry fists were raised into the air when this news happened. This game, or a game like it, has been high on Star Wars video game fans' wish lists, uh, but we don't know mo- much yet about this game. And, you know, games, uh, this could come out 10 years from now, the way games are <laughs> developed. Um, Hennig, of course, is most known for Uncharted, Jack and Daxter, Legacy of Kane. So, uh, friends, thoughts on this new show, on this new game, and what those uh, what this game might be, mean uh, to Star Wars fans? Uh, and what those games, Uncharted, Jack and Daxter, and Legacy of Kane, might mean for this game. Uh, Joseph, uh, have you been counting down to this uh, game being developed? <laughs> I've been excited about it, and I, I remember talking about it on uh, on the podcast, and then being yeah. sort of uh, mystified <laughs> as it mm-hmm. kept it going away. Um, so I'm really happy if it is something like uh, she had been developing before, which I think had the code name Ragtag. I was looking up. Um, yep. Yeah. So that the game focused on a band of scoundrels as they attempt a massive heist in the aftermath of the first Death Star's destruction just after Star Wars: uh, A New Hope. In that at mm-hmm. that time is a little bit more uh, linear, a little less open world, and a little bit more like here are your missions <laughs> in, yeah, in some yeah. fun environments. And I, I I really like expansive video games where you can kind of wander everywhere and do whatever you want. But I also just really like the that hook of like I am this character or this set of characters, and I got a mission and I'm trying to complete it, uh, and really having that drive. So I'd be really really excited about that. Um, and then my, my other thought is I haven't played Uncharted, but I know how incredibly uh, popular it is and in, in how um, just uh, respected and revered uh, Amy Hennig is. So I'm looking forward to that. The only thing for me reading up on what Ragtag had been, if it's continuing that, I would love it if it is a, a band of scoundrels on a, a strict linear mission with objectives, but maybe in a different era. It's not that I don't mm-hmm. love that era, but mm-hmm. we spent a lot of time in it. And just the thought of like, what if it was scoundrels, but it's during the First Order War? Yeah. Um, makes it even just a little bit more intriguing to me because I, I want to uh, to have that great scoundrel experience, but maybe in a different uh, time. I, I actually really agree with you on that. And, and, you know, you all know me. I, I would be happy living in that original trilogy era for a long time with a lot of different <laughs> stories, but there's just something even more exciting about filling in uh, that time period between episode six and seven or beyond. Uh, uh, so I, I'm with you on that there, Jennifer, anything uh, jumps out at this, uh, at this story to you? Yeah. I mean, I've, I've been wishing for this game since uh, we first got word of it years ago. Mm. Um, I know that she and actor writer Todd Stashwick had kind of mm-hmm. been working on the game together. Um, and in the concept art from the game, at some point that came out, he it looked like he was portraying the main character, Todd Sashwick. Um, mm-hmm. I 
got got a chance to have him as an acting coach once. And he is phenomenal. I love his work. I'm such a fan of him. Um, And I just thought, ooh, putting him in Star Wars would be amazing. So I don't know if that still is going on, but I love the idea of it being a narrative-driven game. Um, I think it will get me back into my gaming seat because it's it's been a while. I played Uncharted many years ago, only for a brief bit. I did Red Dead Redemption back in the day. Um, So I like those types of of games and I'm mm-hmm. looking forward to it, but I'm not going to get my hopes up just in case something happens again. Uh, yeah. I'm, I'm also with you on that too. Of uh, I do love these games. I can't wait for these games. I've heard some rumblings of some of the games in development. This is probably one where people are, Oh my God, it's going to be the best game ever. That first person shooter one that's being rumored to come out, all those kind of things. I just sit back and when it, when it is downloading on my PS nine, when, whenever it comes out, by this time, I'll be excited. Right. And, and uh, I do want as, as a red dead fan who, who talks about that game off and particularly red dead too. I, I have, yes, I'd absolutely love something like that for star Wars, but I know that's probably a very big, giant, difficult task to, to pull off. And I think they will when they, when they, when they finally do, when we finally see it, I think we'll all be, wow. So I'm, excited uh but i'm also patient uh, i did play the first uncharted uh, I, I, I forget why i didn't didn't continue the series i gotta analyze my life and remember what happened now uh, but i did enjoy the game other than the puzzles that make me seem quite dumb uh, but uh I, I, yeah I'm with you on the storyline joseph that'd be kind of fun i think scoundrels make it kind of fun for video games like i well, you know i'd love to be a jedi too you've brought up some good points about a jedi game everyone knows i want my pod racing video game but there's just <laughs> something fun too that'd be, be entertaining of just uh some uh you know whip smart sassy scoundrels going around the galaxy having uh having some adventures that'd be good too totally <laughs> agreed with that all right that is look at the star wars news for now, if there's a trailer that drops at any point, uh, you know, we'll reconvene and do a special for Center X. Don't you worry. But otherwise, we'll catch up with more Kenobi news and other Star Wars news next week. Before we get out of here today, as always, we want to take a look uh, ahead to Star Wars past. It's Star Wars history. And in the spring of 2014, the Episode 7 fever was growing and growing, and it exploded to new heights on April 29, 2014. Where were you when StarWars.com published a black-and-white photo of of the Episode 7 cast in a circle following a screenplay read-through. If, if memory serves, little R2-D2 was there in a wooden box as well. <laughs> uh, now, the photo caused waves of joy, speculation, and I think perhaps the first time in the modern era of Star Wars, a bit of controversy and conversation starting uh, as the... Uh, starting point as, as the happiness for the photo also contains some questions about the male dominated cast, diversity cast. So what are your memories of seeing this photo for the first time, friends, and your reactions to the important conversation then and how you might view it now, which we talked about a little bit earlier today with the Natalie Holt news. Jennifer, we'll start with you. Yeah. You know, I remember seeing that photo and feeling giddy and seeing the you know original trilogy gang uh, back together, the new cast. And I remember, I remember being excited seeing John Boyega and Oscar Isaac. And for me, that felt like a huge win. And it wasn't until uh, people brought it to my attention that, oh my gosh, yeah, there are not, there were not that many women there. Mm-hmm. And I guess I, I kind of just didn't think about it because that was how the original trilogy was, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and I remember shortly after that, it was announced that Gwendolyn Christie had joined the cast. And I think... I don't know if Lupita Nyong'o had been cast at that point or if they also announced her casting, uh, but it was really eye-opening for me. And I, it reminded me, I'm like, oh, that's right. You know, I, I 
should look at things critically, even though I love Star Wars, um, mm-hmm. th- this is important. And I, maybe now I would look at that photo differently. Um, mm. But yeah, that was, I just remember feeling really, really excited. Yeah. And you can live in both worlds. You can yeah. be super excited mm-hmm. by also, but also understanding what this might mean or what the conversations to come up around it. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, that's part of my memory of it too, uh, was being very excited and being on some earlier podcasts and other things I'd done and, and, and being very excited. And then you go, well, let's wait. I, I understand what you're all saying, but let's just wait and see what's wait and see. And I don't know if I would have had, I don't know if I'd have that thought anymore of just like, no, it's hard not to see what other people are seeing now. And I think that I trace that back to this photo, Joseph, I don't know where you come down on that, but this was one of the first times I was like, oh yeah, yeah. You have to maybe pull out and see the bigger picture uh, of what's, uh, what's on display here, you know? Yeah, absolutely. It was a similar emotional roller coaster for me that, that Jennifer described of first my own uh, thrill and thoughts and, and reactions uh, and then hearing the criticisms. And for me, that was one of the moments uh, where I was very happy to have something like social media where you can hear other voices and, it, you know, mm-hmm. a, a good listen and learn experience for me of like, I had got used to seeing these kinds of images because they're the kind that I grew up with of right. uh, what, what it, it's Star Wars and the only woman's Leia and sometimes Mon Mothma, <laughs> you know, <laughs> right. and, and kind of filing away like, yeah, that's not great, but that's the world. Right. And then mm-hmm. uh, being in this time where people kind of standing up and going, that shouldn't be the world and you can be a part of that, you know? Mm. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. and, uh, I, I remember thinking like, well, this is great. I'm, this is an opportunity to listen and learn and, and contribute <laughs> if, <laughs> yeah. if at all possible. And, you know, it, it was then made it uh, great when the, the other casting news came around. And I think it was a good, um, lesson, uh, for some of the, the storytellers and the companies to, to be reminded that these things matter. They mm-hmm. affect real people, you know, <laughs> people who want to be excited about this and are stopped from being excited because of these uh, other incredibly important reactions. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I, I'm not here to, to, I want to talk about our joy about the photo mm-hmm. too. Was, again, it was very present. But yeah, I, this photo is big for me personally because it really taught me how, oh, I, I, how, how to discuss these things and how to discuss some of these issues and how to kind of remove uh, maybe gut reactions, ego, status quo, uh, from it, and w- while still maintaining a love of Star Wars, I wanted to dive on in there. It was it was a lesson for me, of of so I can't not remember that when I see this photo. You know, mm-hmm. it's 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 vibrant. Uh, I remember the feeling of, of being off air, going, but but what? I, oh, I didn't even notice that. Oh, okay. I guess <laughs> I guess that's a point. I guess I guess they got a point. You know, it's like I, I, a big learning lesson for me personally. That's why I do love the legacy of the of this photo. There. But it, it also contains a ton of joy, a ton of memories of joy. Because holy moly, like this was crazy. This was crazy, Jen. Actually, see this. We're getting this movie. It's real. The cast is there. Oh my gosh! Seeing Carrie Fisher and Daisy Ridley kind of having a side conversation, and it's just <laughs> and J.J. Abrams. Like the whole thing was just so. And I always love behind the scenes photos and videos and being a fly on the wall of writers rooms and you know read throughs and oh it just it was like even now when Mm -hmm. i looked at that photo i just i still get chills it makes me so happy yeah Yeah. me me too i think it it was one of the wow it is real right the announcements had come but to see it and like those human beings all in the same room and with the new cast the next generation that you know i I didn't you know have a particular emotional uh you know relationship to these actors now but it's funny to see them now and you're like Mm -hmm. yeah that's 
that's Kylo Ren. Kilo <laughs> Ren is uh is Mark Hamill says <laughs> when you watch the video about this uh read through. Um but yeah, but at the time the power of seeing uh Harrison Ford and uh, Carrie Fisher mm. and Daisy Ridley chatting, Harrison Ford and JJ Abrams chatting and knowing kind of the the baggage of Harrison Ford being, you know, grumpy Harrison Ford with the earring, right? Mm-hmm. And yeah. they're in conversation and I remember one of my first thoughts is like is Harrison already telling JJ what he wants him to do different? <laughs> like in this image, uh, you know, and then for me being such a, a Luke fan is huge uh, seeing, you know, Mark Hamill, Luke Skywalker, he's going to be there again. Yeah. And looking back, one of my main reactions is this image is part of the magic trick of making us think that Luke was going to have this big appearance yes. in the third act, right? Oh, yeah. That yes. they're kind of holding him back. But it's like, well, of course he's in it. I mean, mm. not only is his name, like, you know, right there on poster, everything, uh, but he was in, the, what did he read? And like, oh, the stage directions. Nice <laughs> oh, trick. The, the screen directions. Yeah. Nice trick, everybody. Nice trick. <laughs> yeah, that, yeah, right. Yeah, part of that, uh, part of that uh, uh, mystery box, which I don't think, the, the, I don't put that at the feet of uh, JJ, even though that's no. often attributed to him. I, I don't think, <laughs> the speculation started before and it really, poured out of this photo. You're absolutely right, Joseph. And uh, JJ had nothing to do with that. That was just us seeing Luke there. Yep. That's right. (laughs) All right. Well, there you go. April 29, 2014, just like yesterday. Just like, oh my God, time, time, time. Crazy, crazy, (laughs) crazy. And I just remember seeing this photo and being like, oh, that's like another photo of that Daisy Ridley person, not just that one headshot that went around for the (laughs) longest time. Exciting stuff. The speculation began. Episode 7 fever was growing and growing. That is a look back at some Star Wars history. Uh, Now we are going to wrap up the show and tell you where you can find us all. We are on Twitter at Force Center Pod. You can uh, find us on Instagram and YouTube as well. Facebook page is Force Center Podcast. Podcasts available in a lot of different spots like Acast, Apple Podcasts, and Google Podcasts. Just search, you'll find us. Merch is available at tpublic.com slash user slash Force Center. You can get our Speculate Responsibly t-shirt and uh, you can support us directly at patreon.com slash center. that can get you into our discord where you can have daily conversations with star wars friends uh if you'd uh, like to uh find me i don't know out in the wild looking for kenobi merch under uh you know end caps at stores um you can go to at catnapsack or my website catnapsack.com we always like to highlight uh charities things of note uh, going on in the world there i want to go uh, back to highlighting uh the uh, find folks at globalgiving.org where you can go to the U- Ukraine Crisis Relief Fund and support the people affected directly by the war over there. Joseph, where can they find you, sir? Yeah, you can find me Twitter, Instagram, TikTok is at Joseph Scrimshaw, and you can check out my website, josephscrimshaw.com, for all of my other comedy adventures in the past, uh, the present, and uh, the future as well. Mm. I would like to continue to highlight uh, Vote Forward. This is an organization that allows you to write letters. Uh, to voters, um, encouraging them to use their power and vote uh, with the personal reason why you choose to use your power to vote. If you are interested in that, you can check out all about it at their website, votefwd.org. Love it. Jennifer, where can they find all of your work? Yeah, you can find me on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at Jennifer Landa and TikTok at Jennifer Landa 1138. And today I am spotlighting again the Amadala Initiative because they are getting so close to their fundraising goal to benefit the Equality Texas Foundation. Equality Texas is a political advocacy organization working to eliminate discrimination, targeting the LGBTQ plus community in the state of Texas. You can find out more about the GoFundMe at 
Amadala Helps on Twitter. Wonderful stuff, as always. Thank you, friends. Thank you all for listening. That's it for now. So, for all the store managers about to put that Kenobi merch up on the shelves, we know it's happening, right? <laughs> we'll see you next time. This was Force Center. Force Center.